are here with our special guest, Natasha Leone. This girl, we go back. Yes, you do. We yeah. go back. But we'll be before... back before cheerleader. No, 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 not before we met on. Uh, but okay. I'm a cheerleader. But that was actually the beginning of time as we know it. Yes, right. it, so was. It's yes it was. Since the beginning. And what's funny about that is that you had a very long career before that. I should die since I was six. Six years old on Pee Wee's yeah. Playhouse. Now my new favorite thing to do is just first of all I'm very like proud of my age. I'm yeah. really like throwing my weight around. <laughs> I'm like I've been in this business with that. This is my 31st year in the industry. <laughs> That's I'm huge. I'm 37. Uh, 80 pictures later, oh, you know? But oh. still, no respect. No oh, respect. my God. I fell in love with Natasha in slums of Beverly Hills. Oh, right. That's yeah. where Which really... was right before uh, uh, Cheerleader. Uh, Cheerleader. Yeah. 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 That was a real uh, doubleheader of my uh, uh-huh. teen prime. It's a doubleheaded yeah. uh, prime <laughs> time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. And how old were you in slums of Beverly Hills? Uh, maybe... Maybe like barely 18. Uh-huh. There was a Woody Allen movie before that. Right. Uh, Everybody Says I Love You. Yeah. And that's what I was 16 in that. Wow. Pee-wee's Playhouse before that was the big deal. Yeah. I'm still m- most proud of. That and was so- like I was six years old maybe. Unbelievable. And then by cheerleader, I was probably like maybe like 19. Right. Right. And so how did your parents know, okay, this kid, uh, this kid's got it. By the way, that's my dog, Root Beer. She's just... Um, Root Beer! <clears throat> yes. Yeah. The thing is, is, uh, you know, she's a chain smoker. And uh, <laughs> so, and I try to stop her. I get her so much help. I she's work. got patches. I mean, speaking of parents of, yeah. you know... She should probably smoke American Spirit. Yeah. You know? I've been trying to convince her, you know, and I've been yeah. trying to get her on the patch and also... Uh, just like little um, lozenges and yeah. stuff, right. the gum, Nicorette. she likes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you call me? Uh, root beer is a really <laughs> good name. Root yeah. beer is a good, because you know, when you're out and you're about and you've got, root beer, root beer, you don't have to say, it. you don't have to work your mouth too hard. Yeah, that's what I like. Yeah, I don't like beer. to work, I don't want to work my mouth too hard. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tell me about I'm it. I'm like, well, what, what is this, a free ride? So, Ruben. I but you know she's a she's kidnap a, victim, so I didn't even name her. I don't want to take okay. credit for it. Dave Ransone. So he's just very and he named her. There's this great actor, James Ransone. Uh-huh. Uh, to, I call him PJ, uh-huh. and uh, I've never asked him why. I don't <laughs> want to know. We're not yeah. that close. And yeah. I'm like, why do we call you this? We just yeah. and um, his brother. His brother Dave would always have me baby, like have me dog sit right when she was a puppy. Uh-huh. And finally, I was just like a weeping child when he asked for her back. I was like, "We're so close. Oh, I can't do it." I bought yeah. him a pair of Chihuahuas uh-huh. that he wanted. They were like, you know, uh, whatever, he- and, and healthy, she, uh, whatever they are. And uh-huh. she's a Bichon. You, is that what is she, she is? a Lhasa poodle? She is some sort of a poodle uh, blend. Now, Michelle, did I say that right? Bichon? Is that a name? Bichon, Bichon Frise. Bichon Frise. Yeah, but sound like a douche. She looks like a Bichon, right? No? No, she looks more like a poodle Lhasa Opsa mixture. I always thought she was a. Uh, uh, Shih Tzu. No, keep going. Uh. Name more types of dogs, please, just in general. <laughs> no, I'm not even talking about this dog. I just like this game. <laughs> as long as this game goes, I just want to hear how many dogs you know. I know so fucking many. I was obsessed yeah. with dog breeds as a kid. Yeah, no, you're so a big dog books. lady. Yes. You are. Love. I love that game where you play list and so you just have to say name five breeds of dog. And if we, you name five, he names five. And if you and I do the same one, like a... Uh-huh. A beast, she's Bichon. Bichon. Yeah. It cancels it out. It's a ghetto form of scatagory. Uh-huh. <laughs> you just need a piece of paper, a timer, 
and uh, uh, a pencil. Now, these were the good old days. Yes. Okay, back when we met, we would sit for hours on somebody. <laughs> Nobody had a cell phone. Mm-hmm. I know, Nobody, right? All we could do is play my imaginary memory games. Oh, you know, I worked with Jamie Babbitt, the director of But I'm a Cheerleader, uh, just about six months ago uh-huh. on a Netflix show that I, I, I'm on called... Uh, Lady Boss. Lady Boss. Lady... Girl boss. Uh-huh. Well, we keep calling oh, it Lady Boss. Yeah. Girl boss. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you've got a new uh, Netflix movie called Something About a Girlfriend. Yeah. With yeah, Bob. Girlfriend's Day. Bob Odenkirk wrote it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, tell me, so this Netflix says, we love this girl. We want to put her in everything. She's made it. She's put us on the map with Orange is the New Black. We yeah, I get it, that email something. constantly. And it's just, I'm like, you guys. <laughs> take it easy. Um, no. Uh, in that case, it was very nice. Bob just was like, "Will you come be in this?" As I'm in in the movie for one scene, and mm-hmm. it's um. But obviously, I'm a huge fan of his. I mean, he's so brilliant. Yes. And um, I think that what's great about that place is, I'm sure you're experiencing, is you know that they're so into uh, creators. So it becomes like a very warm place to work, and so all your favorite people start turning up. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not surprised to hear that you're over there, and yeah. they've really like found a way to kind of. Uh, you know, in a in a weird way, it's almost like the rebirth of the independent movie a little bit. Yeah. You know, it like yeah. when you would sort of, I remember in the 90s, it was kind of like, oh, and this person's in it and that person. And it was sort of, um, yeah, just I, I think that's very exciting. It's, it's like it's the a wild thing frontier. To be a part of. Yeah. You know, it's it's amazing. Now, you guys, you're on your third season of Orange is the New Four? Black. Not only that. But we're about to start, I just realized, I think, our fucking sixth season. What? Six. What? I think season five is about to come out. Yeah, season five is about to come out. Season five is about to come out, right? In the summer. Yeah. Like it always does. I don't know when. Uh, I don't know anything about it. It's Uh so secretive, even I'm not allowed to read the scripts. (laughs) I get there, it's just cue cards, and the the other cast members have to hold them for each other and make sure that. And there's very little eye contact because you have to look above, you know what I mean? You're not allowed to actually. So secretive. And, uh,. And people are dying right and left. Anybody says anything, and they get sent to Max. You get spoiler. You go to Max. You go to Max. Um, And so, so uh, season five comes out some unknown time this summer, and which is rapidly upon us. Yeah. And then within one day, everybody that's a fan of the show will have watched the entire thing. Correct. And be saying, when does the next season come out? Right. And we'll say one year from today. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Control yourself. And and we're entering season six already. Do you watch television yourself? A fair amount, sure. Oh, like what what do you watch? (coughs) Oh, we got treats here. Look at here. This is Porto's. What, is that cake? It's Mm -hmm. all cake. Oh, hi, guys. We've got and cake pastries. from, oh, look at this. Is that that papaya thing that you, uh, what is this? I don't know what that a is. Fatima-up? Guava? Uh, guava? I now, don't know. Pa- now, Aaron. Porto's is a place here in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. It may be in other. a Cuban bakery. It's a Cuban bakery. Yeah. And, uh, I'd like one of those waters. Can, thank you. Lovely. Look at all these gentlemen. I was born in a stuff. Cuban bakery. Oh. There you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where are you from? Uh, New York. New York City. Yeah. And I just read something that your father was a boxing promoter. Yeah, yeah, I'll, give a, I'll take you back. Um, so I I guess he was uh, some sort of a character, uh, a straighty fellow who is now no longer with us. He, so, he went to Paris. He, yeah. He, he went on to Paris. He went on to the permanent Paris <laughs> in the sky. And, uh, and so he was a... Uh, 
they were they were both religious people. Um, they both really? came from religious families, uh-huh. I should say. There was on my mother's side, they had been Holocaust survivors, uh-huh. and zany times we're living oh in. Oh my hey. gosh, a laugh, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, uh, this is a good segue these days. You know, speaking of Auschwitz, modern times, <laughs> and uh, so my my mother had come from Hungarian Holocaust survivors. She was actually born in Paris, which is how I get away with sort of claiming some Frenchness and. Uh-huh. Um, but so they were sort of religious that way, but European kind of religious and yeah. more vague. My father's side, they were uh, Orthodox Brooklyn Jews mm-hmm. and real like, you know, New York Jews. And he was kind of the wild one of that. So like my mother had big, she's also dead. Um, I didn't murder either of them. Just oh, want to well, let the record good. state. Good. Okay. I just, in case it comes up well, later. Well, the statute of limitations have probably run <laughs> you out. You know, anyway. I just yeah. want to be very clear on that. Yeah. If anybody asks. Uh-huh. Uh, so my mother had like big red hair and she was like, wanted to be a ballerina and like her religious parents were like, no, you can't have a life in the arts. And then she meets my father who had like a long black ponytail and he would drive like a black Porsche and he came from this garment district family in Brooklyn, but he was a race car driver and going to be a boxing promoter. And they took on this wild 80s life um, of like cars and boxing and mm. Lady Cocaine, mm. and, which is a new show on Netflix. I and, love that, uh, yeah. And then I think somewhere in there, they kind of had this uh, fantasy of like show people mm-hmm. that was, uh, you know, by proxy, I was the... You were the guinea pig. Yeah. You have siblings? I do. And Mm. my older brother was, I guess, had gone on his first audition. And when he cried, my mother was like, oh, I guess he doesn't like it. Mm. So by the time I went on my first audition and I cried, my mother was like, this is normal. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where she was wrong. That was the first mistake that was made. Everything since then has just been a long continuation. Oh, my God. Yeah. And you grew up in New York City proper? Yeah, for wow. the most part. Mm. There was, that's uh, not the full story. It's, uh, there's there's a healthy amount of time spent in Long Island, which I really talk about it because it just seems so involved and uh, <laughs> for me, shame-based. And yet as I get older, <laughs> I'm able to come to terms with it more. I'm like, wow, what an achievement. I made it out alive. So, yeah. Was it Great you know, Neck? Were you in Great Neck? You know what? I, I don't like your tone right now. And <laughs> I, I love you so much. Okay, it's good so much, but I, I like, I don't like how well you see right inside my. I don't like it. Um, maybe I'm gonna go maybe, and yeah. then we lived, you know, and we lived in uh in Israel. Oh, really? Years. Yeah, we had tax evasion scene more than any oh, sort of religion. Wow. Um, in what in Haifa? Where? Where did you guys in live? In Caesarea. Oh, and then around ten years old. And this whole time, I'm doing like weird showbiz gigs. You yeah, know, I'm not a, six on Pee Wee's Playhouse, Playhouse which yeah. is before we go to Israel. So yeah. by the time we get to Israel now, I'm like, I mean, I'm not a child star. I'm like picking up weird, like odd jobs yeah. in showbiz. And so I'm doing like movies in Israel for uh-huh. no apparent reason. Like, I have a vague memory of a movie I've never seen where I'm in a hot air balloon. Uh-huh. And I just remember all day being in a hot air balloon. Um, huh. And that is so. Yeah, it is bizarre. And then by the time I was 10 years old, my mother was like, oh, it's a, definitely a divorce, which is for sure. Uh. So now we're back in Manhattan, and that's, you know, uh, yeah. the rest of the time. So she packs there. up the kibbutz and you move back yeah. to Manhattan. The entire yeah. ass. Everybody. Right. Everybody <laughs> boards an LL flight out of there. <laughs> <laughs> 
so so you you are you are a child star but you had real life experiences i mean it wasn't just hollywood you know when did you feel like you were a hollywood actress what 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 point was that well what's interesting about that in a way is i, I you know well first of all i would say i would define like you know a drew barrymore or shirley temple or maybe you know christina ricci even like those right. were to me kind of my competition no i mean there was child stars <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, and uh i do i do joke now with like christina ricci when we see each other i'm like Oh man, I remember seeing you at that Adams Family audition. Uh-huh. No one, I was like, I was, I was tapped liver. It was over. I guess you guys would have been yeah. at the same auditions and, for everything. But I would say that kind of, um, and she was getting them uh, to let the record be clear. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I like her very much. It's nice to be like friends now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just funny how sort of time works and everybody becomes like a grown up, sure. and suddenly it's like we have a shared history yeah. as opposed to. I think even just like being young women in a business is such an odd thing. Was there some type of uh, animosity between you having I mean, seen her at all these auditions? I would auditions? say like, you know, it's a, it's a fun, I, I don't really know what her kind of take it on it. You'd have to ask her, but I definitely, there's a, you know, uh, for example, Gabby Hoffman, I'm like very close sure. to her. I mean, she played my little sister in, um, in the Woody Allen movie uh-huh. and I was like 16 and she was 14 and, um, she, you know, so I think because we had a chance to work together, it was not so much. It was more like, okay, these are like my peers. But I think the people that you didn't get to work with, oddly, Drew Barrymore was also in that movie. So it's like the people that you get to work with, you have this sort of like secret bond with. Yeah. And then people, you know what this is like. People you don't get to work with, you're like, um, you're just always sort of like fascinated by from a distance of maybe they have a sort of secret right. to life that I don't possess. You just assume always that everybody else is doing so much better. It's right. like a very inbred sort of Hollywood assumption or life in the arts or maybe just life in general to like assume that. It's also interesting how Natasha just talked about it. Leah talked about it. Uh, a lot of actors, Leah Remini. Oh, so we'll okay. say how they go to auditions and they see somebody come out of the room and they go, just like you said about uh, Christina with the yeah. Adams family, you know, there's this weird innate feeling when you know yeah. that you didn't get it. Just mm-hmm. what the person didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like uh, Leah lost friends to Courtney Cox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when she, when she saw Courtney going in, she's like, Oh fuck. Well, yeah. I, that, that's yeah. her job. Right. Yeah. It's right. like a weird thing that you guys know. Like you said, you knew. Well, I think it's because, you know, rejection is such a bizarre thing to have to train yourself to protect yourself against, which is, of course, why it's so at odds with the idea of like a fun activity for a yeah. child. Right. It just That's why <laughs> that doesn't align. True. Even it's if you true. have a kid who's like, you know, like me, I was always like reading like everybody, the Wall Street Journal on the Long Island Railroad to entertain <laughs> them. So I think it would seem like I should be like a show kid. And a, if we were a gypsy family, I should have been. But right. like... Mm-hmm. So something in there, like if you have to psych yourself up enough to walk into a room where it's like, yeah, and that's right. I am going to get this part. Mm -hmm, Like in order mm -hmm. to have the sort of courage in a way to face that rejection, I think you have to convince yourself that you um, might get the part. Mm. And then the reality that like other people exist. Yeah, It's also a weird dance with what is imagination and the ability to kind of create in like limited time an alternate reality where – you are not even living as that character for like, you know, a few months and here's Daniel Day-Lewis preparing for a year. But for the purposes of an audition, you know what I mean? Like for these, for this next 30 minutes and like for this four (laughs) minutes with this person, I need to be completely convinced. Are you any good at auditioning? I would not say I'm great at it by any stretch. I think, 
I also think that sometimes, oddly, the things I think I'm least right for are the things that I end up sort of reading out loud in the room and I can tell like, oh, this is going surprisingly. Because mm-hmm. I think almost um, like cockiness can be my enemy and being sort mm-hmm. of a caricature of mm-hmm. myself, like mm-hmm. sort of like going full Joe Pesci, being like, this is what they want when they say tough girl, <laughs> mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as opposed to kind of like bringing, a, a, you know, a, like an inner, whatever that mix of like vulnerability is, like masked by toughness that it actually makes kind of somebody who seems tough. Yeah. Uh, I think then when it's a role that's even sometimes like much simpler on the page and I just come at it with my approach, all of a sudden it's very exciting for them because they've like found a character and yet, you know, on the page, I say it was like, who is this boring girl? Right, mm-hmm. right. I couldn't even figure her out. Yeah. Have you ever been on the other side of the table to cast uh, yeah. someone? These days, very much. And I, I think like the main revelation for me is how little it has to do with anything. Like, yes. it's fascinating, right? You've yeah. done it, I'm guessing, yes. a bunch. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that you, no one can, t- you know, the people on the other side of the table who are casting this thing, they're actually, they're being creative during the casting process. Sometimes they know exactly what they want, but a lot of times it's like, you know what? Sell me on something, yeah. you know? So, you know, I go in and I still get nervous, but I I know, you know, just be yourself mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, and let them decide if this is a color or a hue they want to use. Mm-hmm. And they're all beautiful colors, baby. But the truth is, they they might think, oh, yes, purple. I want to do purple. Which is much better that way, at least for my ego, and I'm sure a lot of psyches out there, instead of saying I wasn't good enough, they didn't want that. Right. That just wasn't what they wanted. And they may want you for something else. I just, it was, uh, I did something last week, and uh, uh, they called back and said, you know, they don't want you for this, but they liked you and they liked what you were doing. Um, They want to use you for this over yes. here. Which yeah. is, which is, which a happens a lot. Happens a lot. Yeah. And it's a great, just not in acting, it's it's actually in, in life. Yeah. It's a great philosophy for life. We got Natasha Leone here. We're going to take a quick break, and we shall be right back. You know, Michelle, making a website has never been easier than with Squarespace. Amen, baby. I think you know that, too. Yeah. And all of our lovely listeners out there know it, too. You can make a gorgeous website in minutes using their beautiful templates and what we talk about all the time, the simplistic drag-and-drop platform, because it is that easy. So easy. Like a death drop. (laughs) Well, I don't know how easy that one is. Not for us, but for the kids out there. Yes. The same kids that are doing these great websites, you guys, and we love seeing them, so make sure you send them over to RuPaulPodcast at gmail.com, because we look at all of those beautiful websites that you created on Squarespace. It's so encouraging. Hey, and listen, when you go to squarespace.com and you're ready to purchase a plan, you can get 10% off with the offer code RU. That's squarespace.com, offer code RU. <laughs> We've got Natasha Leone here. Now, we, she and I worked together on, on But I'm a Cheerleader. Which was such a of, great movie. It is such so a great So before it's classic. time. You it know, is. People are, are obsessed with that movie. Mm. Uh, once a week, someone says, I didn't know you. I saw you in But I'm a Cheerleader. <laughs> Do you have the same experience with yeah. that? What, of the movies you've made, which, what are the movies that people go, oh my God, I loved you in so-and-so? Well, what's interesting about that one is it seemed to have had an actual impact on people's lives yeah. in a very different way and in a way that's, you know, so surprising given like seeing it now. I saw it um, not too long ago, um, you know, uh, Peaches Christ did one of these uh-huh. like screenings at yeah. the Castro Theater in San Francisco and there was a whole um, But I'm a Cheerleader drag show and wow. it was, I mean, it was really fun. Did you ever get you to know, see the musical? Like, no. There was a musical, I saw was? it in New York, yeah. And uh, John John Rich um, was, was in it. Um, 
I think Jamie Babbitt may have been there, but um, someone took me to a musical version of that show. Yeah. Well, then Jamie was there um, that night with me also in San Francisco, and it was uh. very, I think, sort of like life-affirming for us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. holy cow, like this movie is really um, a cult thing. And and But then you see it, and it's like on 35 millimeter. Uh-huh. And I mean, you may as well be watching Female Trouble or something. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is such a John yes. Waters movie. It's, it is. It really is like so bright and kind of imperfect and just has so much heart. First of all, Divine, hands down, is my favorite actress. I mean, <laughs> maybe Susan Terrell or something, but like, Ooh. you know, like, fucking do something. Like, entertain me. I mean, Jesus Christ, like, anything Divine does is riveting and a blast as opposed to whatever this, like, naturalism disease uh, that people have yeah, caught is of, right. like, mumblecore. Like, go, okay, congratulations. I hope you win an Academy Award. <laughs> I wish you the best of luck in your career. Why do I have to fucking watch this? <laughs> You're killing me here. Right, right. Like, I get it. You know, I have a bit, I have a really good dialogue of, like, right and wrong. I don't need you to, like, bash me over that. Show me the vine, you know? <laughs> and that's fucking acting, you know? And, but I'm a cheerleader. It has that element to it of like, it just has so much kind of heart in it. Yeah. And, and sort of imperfection in a, and anyway, just how bananas that it's long enough ago and yet so recent yeah. that it was one of the first films yeah. of its ilk and had this huge impact on people, you know? Clea Duvall is, of course, Love. still like my yeah. best friend mm-hmm. of 20 years. That's how I got Did into you meet that movie. There? Did you meet that, her I'm there? I'm only in that movie because she was giving me a ride and I was in the front <laughs> seat, like, you know, stoned in 18, being like, what's that script? Can I be in it? Like an asshole. <laughs> you know, and she was like, I guess so. I'm like, well, what's the parts? What are the parts? And she's uh-huh. like, you know. I'm this person. There's the only other real part is the treat. I'll, I'll be that part, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I guess she had to convince Jamie because I was like dressed all in black, being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me play that part. I'll be the cheerleader part, <laughs> the goth cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was like a whole, you know. Um, I had to convince her. I was like, look, what do you want? I'm blonde. I'm 17, man. You know, I could do this. This won't, this won't talk so tough. And sure enough, it worked. And then you guys have that love scene. You're friends yeah. with her, and then you have this. That's the that part of the movie is the this the most different part because it's almost surreal that this lesbian love scene yeah. is in this sort of Douglas Sirk uh, Almodovar style yeah. movie, and then she, there's this which is very actually uh, Almodovar to have that sort of scene yeah, in there. I guess was so. it difficult? How with your friend? Well, I think that that's in a way how it was built, which really speaks to Jamie Babbitt that um, it. I, it was sort of like born out of, I think, necessity that Clea and I were both like so teenage girls and so like self-conscious about our bodies and like BFFs. And I think BFF, like she was, she was uh, in this relation, I'm trying to remember with who, anyway, some musician, mm-hmm, right? That mm-hmm. was like, she was like madly in love and the musician was always on set, you know what I mean? And uh-huh. like, um it was like really cool. Like they both had like matching like jeans, little matching outfits and like their matching Converse sneakers. And I was with Eddie Furlong, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we were both in lesbian relationships at the time. And nineties uh, Eddie Furlong. And yep. And so I think since we both had our girlfriends on set, it was so dramatic for us to also be best friends. And now we're in these new relationships. And so anyway, Somewhere in there, and which I didn't really remember this, but I, I would, you know, I hang up. I just made another movie with Jamie, like, well, it's already come out, but I made another movie with Clea, like, 
Clea I see every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and they reminded me that it was really because I think we wouldn't do nudity and stuff that she built the scene that way. Like, you, because you would not do nudity. I think that's what it was. So that she had to figure out a sexy way to keep us in our nightgowns fully dressed. Uh-huh. And so it was like all this dark lighting. Yeah. And very she, moody. She wanted you to do nudity. I'm guessing who wouldn't? You know what I mean? I mean, two, you have two 17-year-old girls. Sure, yeah. You know, yeah. the girl from the faculty, the girl from American Pie, uh-huh. now naked. Yeah, You yeah. know, yeah. it's uh, just good, it's just smart business. Sure, right, sure, why not? And who are we? We're here to destroy your business. Yes, right? yes. Wow, and that was, I believe it was either 1999 or 2000, yeah. something like that. But then, to my my um, long-tangented point, uh it, we had this experience that I'm sure you've had, which is, uh, you know, suddenly Clea and I are in Sundance together and young girls, I mean, Sundance is in fucking Utah, mm. right? What's more insane than Utah? Mm-hmm. And they were coming up to us being like, oh my God, we snuck out to see this movie and I just want to say thank you so much. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never seen anything that like reflected how I feel before and, you know, I'm gay and I'm just figuring it out. And so we began like what was going to become the next 20 years of having sure. this experience of people feeling like they had been seen and identified by this movie or whatever. And, yeah. and you know, now, I mean, we really are in, in different times when you think about, like, then it was so radical and now mm-hmm. people are like, oh, you know, this is smart. This is a smart move. Yeah. Like, um, you know, and maybe that Brokeback Mountain changed that in some way or people were like... Cinematically, I think. Yeah, right? That like that big it's, one. <clears throat> that it sort of felt like, oh, this is like a good move for me, you know? Mm-hmm. I've always really hated that question when... Um, I see when people are like, God, it's so brave. Like, Jake Gyllenhaal, you're so brave to play a gay. What the fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the underlying you know insult is what it so yeah. heavy. Yeah. It is. And I so I feel like somewhere in there that, that became like a thing that like it was considered brave choice. Ah, right, it's, right. In it this still fucked up is. way. It's kind of, mm-hmm. right? To it's, conservative America. I mean, well... This new America. Well, the new America yeah. is different, but in I'm talking about yeah. in Bible Belt. Yeah, for maybe somebody who's a little bit more open minded than the average conservative, Bob and Betty Beer can, right? Mm-hmm. But they see something like that gay movie, that broke back mountain gay mm-hmm. movie, and they go see it, mm-hmm. and maybe it can open their mind a little bit more to that this love really does exist. Well, but I think right? even more than that, I think when you're thinking of a career, you're thinking of what possibilities are open to you like endorsements or things like that and they're saying brave because if you do something like that it could affect affect you getting a huge you know oh interesting i never thought of it that way at all but they're not getting wheaties boxes anymore but jake gyllenhaal i did i say it the right way jake gyllenhaal yeah uh you know both of them i mean they could possibly that could be a thing for him you know, obviously it hasn't hurt his career. Right. But, but let's think of uh, something to me that was way more brave from the, from uh, a directing point of view, writing point of view, and of course an acting point of view would be Hilary Swank in Boys Don't Cry. Something right. like that is way braver in a sense that, you know, there's there's a lot of flack for straight actors playing gay roles and, and, and cisgender people playing trans roles as well right. um, it, today. But back when that was done and when Boys Don't Cry was done, I think Boys Don't Cry was way more of a stretch with bravery than... Yeah. Jake 
Gyllenhaal playing a gay man. You know, and I said, Cleo was in the car recently. See, we Rupi agrees. Driving down mm-hmm. Sunday, yes. And we were driving down Sunday, and I was like, Cleo, you really fucking blew it. If you were 18 now, man, and I was looking up at this poster of Cara Delevingne in a watch ad, uh-huh, and uh-huh. I was like, you really missed your time. <laughs> I mean, you'd be a fucking rock star. Yeah. yeah. So now, uh, what about you? So when you were on the other side of the table auditioning people, yeah. what were, what was, in what context? Was it a movie you were making or directing? Or uh, well, I mean, I think the one that was most dramatic uh, was like I had uh, an attempt at an NBC sitcom at one point, really, uh, not too long ago, and uh, um, and so sitting, sitting, and so I was a producer on it, and right. so it was also I think like the double whammy of it's kind of like daring pilot season. You're yeah. seeing people come in, which is an especially I think heady time for actors yeah. that you know. It's like this drive of like, I got to get, I got to get, yeah. you know, and it's a heavy thing to it feel from the thing. other side. Cause it's like, well, I mean, like I've, like I said earlier, I've known this for 30 years, you yeah. know? So, I mean, I've felt that feeling oh. 1 million times in my life. And yet when you feel it walk in the room, it's like you, 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 you just, uh, you know, I think it's particular to this project. What was uh, interesting is we were trying to find, um, you know, a lot of the people were going to be like over 60 years old, mm-hmm. right? It was going to be like a gang, like in our little poker club and whatever. So you were having like a lot of really legendary people yes. walk through. Yeah. Like there were both camps. There were like my roommates who were going to like, there were a bunch of kids coming from UCB, you know? So we're like, that was, I think, an easier feeling because it was like, all right, yeah. you, you know, you, you can get this job, you can get another job, yeah. you're funny, you're witty, you're good looking, congratulations on life. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're not right for this, keep it, you know? And with them, it was like, no matter what they said, in a way, they were never going to convince us they were right for the part once mm. they started. Um, like, we didn't even need them to do their audition. Because, like, as soon as there's so many elements, like, you know, at mm-hmm, play mm-hmm. of, like, the puzzle you're putting together that you can just feel somebody as soon as they walk in. Like, even though it says, you know, whatever, uh, you know, mm. she's wearing a leather jacket and eyeliner and, uh, you know, et cetera. Yeah. You know, blue eyes. Is even if she walks in exactly like that's not what we meant. Right. Like yes. that's yes. not yeah, the version you know. we meant at right. all. Right. Uh, and so, so that was one thing. But then, the, but when, but when some legendary actor exactly like then John was, Rubenstein. Do you know yeah. that guy, John Rubenstein? He was on the I TV show. Went to show. Temple with him. Well, yeah, he was on that TV <laughs> show, um, uh, Family. And if you saw him, you go, "Oh, that guy." Uh-huh. I went to an audition with him, and I was like, "Why are you? Why are we yeah. auditioning? This guy's here. Mm. He's here." And yeah. I actually went audition and I saw Ernie Hudson. I was like, okay, well, well, here's Ernie yeah. Hudson. Give him the job. But both, neither one of those people got, I didn't get the job and neither one of yeah. them got the job. And it's like, oh, right. This is that hardcore thing where um, life is friggin' hard. And that just that reminder in a weird way. Like, I always think of like um, the actor's career or whatever right. as like we're all running like small mom and pop shops. Yeah. And every single person is like, Trying to keep it afloat. And yes. they've got, you know, there's always like some weird friend that's taken on the role of kind yeah. of something. And But like, yeah. you know, like uh, they name job like, oh, yeah, like there's a guy who was uh, the third lead in the Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. I'm his best friend. You know what I mean? <laughs> and to that guy in their world, that guy is the fucking center of the, yeah, th- and right. the whole thing revolves around. And if he can, somebody can date him, it's huge. Yes. Anyway, I think we all kind of. Have that to, and we've all had like the whole thing is built to be a ride. Like, you know, it's it, so, so many of those people were like, 
at one point. Just sure. so the fucking top of the game that there is anytime they put their name next to anything, it would have been a show on NBC, let sure. alone trying out for it. So I think there's something, you know, heavy about just seeing the, the realities of life. It, it's it's really crazy because, you know, uh, uh, you know, you hear these stories of people who are in this business and they're just... Um, I don't know. It's it's really heartbreaking. It's actually quite heartbreaking. You like harrowing stories, you mean? Well, you know, uh, pe- pe- people who who actually, I was watching this Judy Garland thing last night. Well, that's <laughs> a harrowing story. <laughs> I like the way he went right for the <laughs> gut. Uh, like if we're gonna talk about there it, we go. talk about it. And it was just uh, you know the, her treatment and what she ended up with. She didn't have anything. Mm. One of the greatest stars ever, ever, yeah. ever yeah. in the history of show business with nothing, yeah. nothing. Thing. And and I when kids ask me about what advice do I have for them in show business, I say Quit. get your real estate <laughs> license, yeah, yeah. Yeah. darling. You know, of course, I I, I go into my my my, my Jewish uh, uh-huh. uh, thing here Yenta. with my hands. Get your real estate license. <laughs> Wait, are you Jewish? <laughs> I, I might as by well proxy. Be. Like maybe yeah. by, pro- What's that? by no, proxy. No, literally, Rue will be like we'll be sitting on the tr- drag race set, and I'll uh-huh. look over, and we'll be reading a. Yiddish words book. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And I'll say, what have you learned? No, Drew? my doctor what gave me this learn? book because I, one season I wanted to put as much Yiddish in the show as possible. Smart, smart. So he gave uh-huh. me <laughs> fair, smart, good move. Go on. So he gave me the the uh, the, the the joy of of Yiddish, and I think a Yiddish. He gave me an app of a Yiddish glossary. So, but most of the best words I learned from watching Judge Judy. <laughs> she uh, she says this one thing. She says, "Listen, madam, this doesn't have to be a, a big geshikta story. Do you know what geshikta is? Do you geshikta? know what that is? Do you know what it is? A dramatic story. It's a dramatic story, but it's what it is. It's a grandmother's tale. It's a long drawn out grandmother's tale. This doesn't have to be a geshikta story." You know, which is pretty brilliant. Yeah, and I yeah. learned that from Ted Studio. And you learned what a mikvah bath was today. A mikvah bath. Sorry. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one piece of information we was dying to have. Oh, finally, I know what a mikvah bath is. Now we could go take one. Yeah. No, I love that. I, I did. I just learned that today, and it's a great concept. I could I could fit that into a lot of conversations. Yes, you can. Excuse mm-hmm. me. I, I got to go take a mikvah. Exactly. Because I used to say, uh, there's a running joke with George and I, which is like to get out of a long conversation. Yeah. He's like, listen, I'm sorry, but I've got got to return this uh, tape to a uh, blockbuster. Uh, it's the Princess Bride. They've been waiting for <laughs> So now I can just say, listen, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm late for my mix. Yes, yes, and, yes, yes. Uh, I've got to go. Yes. Oh <laughs> On that note, we're going to take a quick, real quick break, but we'll be right back with Natasha Leone. <laughs> <laughs> got to go douche before my mikvah. Sorry. <laughs> You know, I just want to talk about Blue Apron for a minute because something struck me that, you know, people in areas where they don't have fresh food could get Blue Apron and live the life that we live here in California where we have all this fresh produce. You know what they call them? What? Food deserts. Oh, I didn't know that. So the places that like every city I go to when I tour, I'm like, oh, well, God, you have to have a Whole Foods. And they look at me like I have two heads. Yeah. They're like, no, we have a stop and shop or an (laughs) A&P. Or or Jug and Loaf. That's it. Jug and Loaf or Piggly Wiggly. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I I just love the new age where people, anywhere you are, you can have fresh food. And that's what Blue Apron is. It's a food delivery system where the meals are delivered to your house that you just cook them up. Yes. And the thing about them is that they know when you cook and you have incredible ingredients, you're going to make incredible meals. 
meals. So they set the highest quality standards for their community. They have 150 artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, ranchers. They know where everything comes from. So they're not going, oh, I'll buy this from Like, they know right. where everything it is. It doesn't get fresher than that. Exactly. And that everything is sustainable. And like we said earlier, they deliver to 99% of the U.S. So if you're in a place that you're thinking, but I don't have the money or I don't have that kind of a grocery store, I can't do those healthy recipes, you can with Blue Apron. That is so fantastic. And you guys, I'm about to knock your socks off. Less than $10 per meal. Oh, come on. Get out. Less than $10 per meal. How do they do meal. that? I, because they have their own community. I see. And they do everything in-house, and they know where everything is and how everything's being done and raised and planted. They can do it at a more cost-effective more cost effective effective uh-huh. product. Thank you. You yes. just watched me struggle there, didn't you? Yes. You guys, and also, it's free delivery. That's incredible. It really is incredible. Variety, tons. New recipes are created weekly, not repeated within a year. Mm. Uh, the best thing about that, let me say, you might go, well, what if I like something and I want to have it again? Yeah. I thought the same thing. And then I went, dingbat, you get a recipe card. Because right. then if you love it that much and it's not coming back for a year, go take the recipe card to the supermarket yeah. Yeah. and make it again. Wow. That I have a stack of the recipes from Listen, Blue Apron. Listen, promise me the next time you make a meal, send me a picture. I want to see how delicious it looks. Got it. Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card. Pre-proportioned ingredients that can be prepared in 40 minutes or less, you guys. Check out this week's menu and you get your first three meals free. Yeah, free. And free shipping. Everything's free. I love it. Go to blueapron.com slash rue. That's blueapron.com slash ru. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. We are back with Natasha Leon. We're talking life. We're talking show business. This kid has been in show business for 30 years. Yeah, we're doing it all in Yiddish. And we're doing it all in Yiddish. <laughs> it's wall-to-wall Yiddish. It's crazy. But, you know, you know you've know, you had an incredible career. You're on a career high right now. But in between there, there like with all careers, yeah. there have been some ups and downs. And yeah. for a minute, we didn't know if you were going to come back no. at one point. No. Do you want to talk I- about that at all? I mean, not what's what's wild about it is it's it's honestly getting to you know be long enough that it's kind of, um, yeah, it's just, I mean more than any, I just can't believe that things turned out okay. I really yeah. can't believe, and I can't believe that it's all getting to be so long ago. Yeah, that it's like not the, the big news of like my right. story anymore. But I have like no. Um, you continue you know, to work. Yeah, but I have like no, um, I, I, I think it's, a, look, you, you're sort of robbed in a way of the ability to have a private story if yeah. you're really in this business. And, you know, yeah, and I was a drug addict and the whole, and there was like a lot of um, uh, sort of ink around it. Though not that much, not by today's standards. Right. I mean, these not poor kids standards. that like, thank God I fucking missed the internet yeah. of uh, like the fall from grace. Yeah. I mean, that's very... The pictures would have been some of them. I wish I had uh, of like I like no really solid paparazzi. Here I am, like with my walking stick, and right. you know, yeah. I've because I was up to semantics, and I yeah. feel like the zero paparazzi. I feel like when I really look back, actually, right. so little was captured. Um, right. of no, that it's all time. things that we read about. We didn't yeah, see pictures. They were all very, yeah, when, when you know when we were your age, listener, there was a thing called page six, and right. it was the only place things existed, and we all bought it like hotcakes. <laughs> we believed it. There was 
Nothing. It was our Bible. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. These days. Oh it's, my uh, God. No, I can't imagine. I yeah. cannot imagine being and the and the and the turnover is so fast. Oh, every because day. The, because it's such a hungry beast, the whole paparazzi thing. And yeah. people are in and out, you know. But what do you attribute your ability to bounce back? Was it just fate or was it something that you did? I think that, you know, Often people don't that hey, I'm sure you know this to a degree. It's a, you know, it's like, like just life in general is like hard work. You it's know, becoming really a grown up in general and like, you know, here's a little backstory, okay, these are some, you know, fucked up parents and yeah, you know, your showbiz kid. I mean that that stuff is all very um sort of by the book, almost like a stereotype of how you create a fucked up person mm-hmm. and like <laughs> a self destructive person anyway. Right. And, uh, you know, I just think that then the whole business of becoming a grown-up is hard enough in the first place. But once you have, like, a series of really bad self-destructive habits, I mean, I see myself so with cigarettes. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's out of control. Do you still smoke? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, one of those things. I mean, it's so visibly bad for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, it's just, like, a, it's a, like addiction is addiction. Addiction is basically. addiction. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know what I mean? There's nothing logical about it. No part of me wants to still smoke, yeah. but it's just, like, how much work am I really willing to put in and you have to, to not be a smoker? You have right. to. Like, that's the bottom line. Is it really... So I think a lot of the times when, um, you know, people try to, like, you know, go away for 28 days or something and be like, now I should be better. It's like, of course, there's no way it's going to really happen. I mean, I wish you luck. I hope that it does. But, like, it really is... Uh, it just it's like it takes a lot of work no, every day. I, it's a commitment. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because, you know, I think where we are today in this world, I think the logical next step in the conversation, the dialogue, has to be about that other side of us. Now, here, there's the person that we present to the public and that we're all we're cleaned up and I brushed my hair or wig or whatever. And then there's the part of me that is the self-loathing or the self-destructive part that I actually need to have a dialogue with, that I need to bring into the room and say, okay, listen, come up here and let's let's talk about this thing. Because I know, I know I, I've said this in this podcast, my smoking thing really had to do with, uh, and I smoked for 30 years, had to do with putting a wall around me and having a sanctioned uh, sort of meditation period where I said, listen, excuse me, I'm going to go for 10 minutes, yeah. breathe deeply, uh-huh. carbon- and smoke, yeah, <laughs> uh, and then I can come back and I can deal with this, which is all lovely, but why do I need that time out? Why can't I process that that thing in the moment? And you can. And I can, I do yeah. now. But uh, but the dialogue with the, the sort of, the, the yin of your yang, the other your twin, or what in that movie, uh, The Golden Shower? No, The Golden Something. <laughs> My favorite film. Yeah. <laughs> they, each person has a demon that takes the, um, uh, Nicole Kidman. Oh, The, the golden, golden Compass. Yes. Yeah. Everybody has a demon that walks with them and it yeah, takes on the beer. shape. Root beer. Root beer is your uh-huh. demon. <laughs> Let's sit root beer down and talk to root beer face to face to say, what's really going on? Yeah. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Oh, I, not only that, but I mean, I identify with your justification for smoking, like a bingo, yeah. dead on. I mean, like this is, I don't know what's, and it's with all the self-awareness in the world, I can tell you that it's because I need this little wall and I need this little meditation time to process. Yeah. And really, like, what is it? I mean, in, in so many ways, there's, a, I guess it's like post-Oprah generation or something that likes sort of talking about um, self-awareness and self-help is like a thing mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. and it's, you know, kosher to talk about it. Um, right, it used to be therapy was taboo. Yeah, exactly, you know, so, um, but, but, 
But the demon self. I'm just yeah, talking about it's the important. demon self. Yeah, and like also like, you know, things like PTSD. Like really, yeah. it's like, you know, I'm sure like, you know, moment to moment, it's like, like life is a triggering fucking experience. It is. You know it's what I mean? Like, it's it really is really fucking hard. And yeah. you try to tell the kids that listen, because we have a lot of kids yes. that listen, including yeah. mine, uh, that you listen to. And, and and you try to tell them, listen, life isn't really that fucking hard. But we're sitting here, we're saying, life is actually hard, well, it's but it's, it's all both. about perception. Yeah. It is both. At the same time, yeah. it's the yin and the yang. It's night and day. Yes. And you can't. Just live your life thinking, oh, I'm only going to focus on daytime. I, night, you don't exist to me. You are dead to me, night. Right. Well, that's the, the, our lives. Everything about this existence is polar opposites. And Every they day. coexist yes. at the same time. And unless you know how to speak and really go face to face with that other side of you, you don't really stand a chance because it will rear its ugly head at the most inopportune moment. Yeah. And, um, you know, I... I I don't really think about cigarettes. Um, uh, I miss it. I quit smoking 24 years ago. Yeah. So here's yeah. something to think about. I made peace with the fact that I'm never going to stop missing it. Yeah. The difference is physically, I don't really. What yeah. I missed was, and we always said, smokers, ex-smokers would always say, cigarettes calm me down. Uh -huh. Cigarettes physically do the opposite. They're a yeah. stimulant. There's but we always, yeah, yeah, so we always used it, and we say it calms us down, but really it didn't calm us down. It was here psychologically. Yeah, see, the, the, I'm talking, the breathing thing, though, the, yes. the deep breath, yes. that does calm you down. Correct, but, you but not when you're- without a cigarette. Thank you. So how yeah. did you quit? I, you know what? I just I quit. had had enough. Yeah. I had had it officially. Yes. You know what yeah. I had? It. I had it. Yes. Yeah. 30 years. I started smoking when I was 14 years old. And <laughs> I just, um, you know, I realized. You didn't quit till you were 44? Yeah. yeah. Just decided in this moment, listeners, that that's when I'll quit. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, mark my words, all right? Or if you guys forget and I forget, then so be it with the deal. But we'll come myself a few years. Because who looks better than you? There you go. So. True. No. I quit at 25. 25. That's not saying much. Well, but smart. the thing is, you know, um, I realized I was putting off my, I was smothering my feelings. Yeah. I wasn't dealing with my feelings when they came up. But a lot of people don't want or don't know how or not equipped to deal with their feelings when they come up. Hence why we dumb them down with drugs, alcohol, addiction, food, food addiction. whatever it is. Yeah. Addiction's addiction, like we said earlier. Yeah. But most of us, the majority, I'm even going to go put my balls on the line and say, are not equipped to deal with our emotions yeah. real well, emotion I would say that in terms of even like a career and of like return to life and anything that what I found was that for me I was somebody that really needed to live with like that transparency and that duality sort of uh, as a legal option mm -hmm. of like mm -hmm. how you doing you really want to know like you know mm -hmm. I just and just being sort of like uh, and then being naturally kind of the jobs that started coming out, I mean, nobody knew that, that you know, Orange is the New Black was going to be a hit show by right, any stretch. Right. It was like uh, nobody had ever heard of this internet channel. Mm -hmm. And that ended up being this really safe environment. It was all these women. It was Genji. And everybody was like allowed to really talk about how they feel. Nobody was really wearing makeup. It became a very like safe environment to exist in both places mm -hmm. of like darkness and light. Mm -hmm. And it sort of, I think, became an extension of this is the only way to kind of really survive is to be very, you know, um, self-forgiving around the, mm -hmm. that duality mm -hmm. rather than kind of trying to uh, hide one side of self constantly. Like, I was never good with manners and, you know, small talk and, like, politeness anyway. So I just found that it was very useful to try to, like, find other projects that kind of wanted that full person rather mm -hmm. than, mm -hmm. you know, and I think it was actually my own false ideas of this um, – 
think I had my own false ideas about what I thought it meant to be like successful in the world kind mm-hmm. of that um, you were supposed to be like a certain kind of a girl anyway. Mm-hmm. I think that nobody really actually wanted that, but mm-hmm. for some reason it's just in the <clears throat> I don't like culture. that fitting into social normative yeah, stuff. Yeah, but anyway. I think just like letting go of kind of all of that, like uh. now I've, I notice I can like actually get out of the house quickly. Yeah. You know, like shit that I just could not, I mean, it's been like that for a f- several years at this point, but really like letting go of a lot of that kind of shit. Like it's okay to be yourself basically mm-hmm. is like the big revelation of how to, to, you know, manufacture like a healthier life. Do you ever feel that, you know, with, with a role that you are, you are so invested in it or that you let yourself go so far into that you may never come back? Is that ever a fear where you don't want to let yourself go that far? You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. Um, how much? Will, do you mean like much, overeating? Well, no, I'm sorry. I'm just a bad actor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but even your character yeah. delving into what she deals with on yeah. Orange Is the New Black. Yeah, how yeah far are you I to go. Uh, I mean, well, I would as an addict with that stuff. Um, you know. Anyway, I would just want to say one note on it is like what's so intense about what's happening right now in our world is I think that. If like the whole, the only way that you can like successfully be a sort of happy participant in life and happy is obviously overrated, but a participant Mm -hmm. in life without being um, full of self-loathing is to sort of be at peace with some version of yourself. The idea that there's so much kind of pressure right now to basically say, let's criminalize anything, Mm -hmm. you know, that we have defined as other is what's so terrifying about that because it just means like the, you know, torture and it's it's just a really... um, it's just a devastating proposition, you know, because you just know how many, I mean, it's just like bodies are piling up, you know, just right right away. It's difficult though, because what happens is people forget, you know, in Orwell's Animal Farm, the juxtaposition of the story is just that people forgot. They forgot why they had revolution in the first place. You know, everybody became so lax and we got Obama. It's like, oh, everything's cool. But we forgot, you know, in Jewish culture, you know, you have to teach the children what happened so we don't forget and don't ha- have the exact same thing happen again. Yeah, you which know. is no comment. Which, which <laughs> you know, say, which is, is what's happening yeah. right now I mean, is that we've allowed these kids to not understand how how fragile uh, equality is and uh, being conscious of other people. So it's a very screwed up time. But you know what? We will learn the hard way. You know, it's easy to intellectualize this stuff, but unfortunately people have to learn on an emotional level. Over and over, over and, and over, over again. Again, yeah. and the bodies will pile up. And we we saw this coming, um, you know, once we lived through it the last time. We saw what's happening. Um, what are you going to do? I don't know. I'm get, I'm mad as hell. I know that much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to do as much as I can. Right. But, you know, I, I, yeah. There is no answer to answer, no answer that. There is no answer. No We're answer. just all sitting back and going, What's going on? Yeah. Why is this? What the? F- where yeah. is every? Where is yeah. the collective consciousness? Yeah. Well, where- I mean, and that's what's so crazy is, of course, like you know, we all kind of like follow each other on Twitter, and that's mm. so exciting. But so it's so you know the, all that shit about like the echo chamber of like it feels, mm. mm-hmm. you know, like there's on the one hand a real uh, sense of uh, that there is a consciousness happening, mm-hmm. and that we are all, and then there there's just the reality of what's happening yeah. is so at odds with that that it's. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, I guess people really are uh, working pretty hard. I mean, thank God for like ACLU and Planned Parenthood and all like Trevor Project and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Thank God it exists. But um, it's just such a crazy time to be like, uh, in a way, 
like a figure that has benefited so deeply mm-hmm. from yes. sort of freedom of speech. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure that you, you know, feel like this too. It's just like, you know, like we don't exist without yeah. certain freedoms, let alone like getting to really thrive and like, right. you know, make things and, you know, now I'm going to be a producer, like, yeah. you know, really getting, and so it's just, uh, there's a real awareness around that. I well, feel like. yeah, especially from the perspective that we have, um, having knowing, having seen it in the olden days, <laughs> yeah. and having lived through the prosperous open time, and then for it to you see these doors closing. Yeah, don't push us back in. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and and you think, yeah, uh, you kids have no idea how dark that is. Yeah. you will know. And I, I hope not. The world, that's how the world works. People forget. That's why that book is so brilliant. The, uh, or uh, Animal, Animal Farm. Farm. People forget. And I'm thinking, oh, God, I've been on the planet long enough for it to go back around the cycle <laughs> again. But it's not supposed to happen that way. There's some crazy axis shift that we've talked about before yeah. that is not normal. Yeah. It's not normal. Wait, what is this? And, and the, the Earth is the on Earth its is, axis. Yeah, it's just some crazy yeah, right? Let me tell you. paradigm yeah, shift really going on. on. The I'm telling you. The world is going Michigan. It's my sugar right, Earth. Oh my God, is it off its axis? <laughs> it's, it's true. true. It is true. It's not yeah. meant to go back. We're not meant to go back. But that's how people are. We forget. And, you know, and you cyclical. Know, you've got kids. Mm. And, you know, a lot of times people want to save their kids from having to go through the hardship. So a lot of times they won't say, um, you know, uh, watch it there. Or they, they, you know, they, well, at least let the kids have a great childhood. Mm. But they've not given them any rules. Yeah. They've not given them any boundaries. That's like you, root beer. That's root beer in a nutshell. I'll be Anarchy. Anarchy. Hey. Yeah. We've got Natasha Leone here. She's on Orange is the New Black. And what's the girlfriend movie again? It's oh, Girlfriend's Day. Girlfriend's Day. And, uh, uh, hello, my name, name is Doris. Oh, hello, yes. my name is Doris. I yeah. love that movie. That was such an unsung fucking piece of brilliant it is art. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I love so that. I feel, yeah. And uh, how do you say Bob? Um, what was his name? Odenkirk. Odenkirk. Say it again. Odenkirk. Odenkirk. From uh, Call Me, My Name is Saul. My Name is Saul, Saul, yes. And meth, help me, Breaking yes, Bad. Yeah. Breaking Bad, yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Natasha Leo. Michelle, I got to tell you, I look forward to the emails we get from our listeners who have used Squarespace Me and created websites with their very simple uh, drag and drop platform, yes. which is so lovely. But I look forward to the emails because I, it gives me a sense of the creativity of our listeners, which is so beautiful. You know, you can send your your emails uh, to RuPaulPodcast at gmail.com. And I want to I want to see, I want to hear about the websites you've made and created with Squarespace, which is brilliant. I'd put money on the fact that we have the, out of all, there are thousands of podcasts now. Yeah. Th- I, tens of thousands even, sure. probably. I would venture to believe, and I would put money on the line, that we have the most creative and colorful and beautiful listenership. I agree. I think so. so. I have a letter here. You want to hear it? Yeah. Hey, Ru and Michelle. First off, thank you for your podcast. I listen every week. It's wonderful to listen to something positive and happy. I can't listen to the news or the media anymore. Same. I have two businesses. My first is a chemistry business that provides people and companies who make cosmetics the legal paperwork to sell their products. The second is a perfume company. It's aaronkobe.co.uk. A-A-R-O-N-Kobe, C-O-B-Y.co.uk. Ru and I, Aaron, 
love perfumes. Yes, we do. He says, the perfumes I've spent five years developing and I'm now releasing, both are being hosted through Squarespace. This is because of you guys talking about it. It made the process cheap and easy. I took the first site away from a developer that charged me a grand to develop it. Oh, dear. And 50 pounds a month to host it. Oh, I told you. Remember goodness. I told you every time yeah. I even wanted to change a word? Yeah. He tried to charge me $150. Oh. I now pay about 30 pounds for both sites a month. Wow. Unbelievable. So thank you for your positivity and wonderful podcasts. Some I have really loved and always laugh alongside you. Thank you, Aaron. AaronKobe.co.uk. We want some of your perfume. Yeah, I can't wait to smell his mm. perfume. Mm. You know, that's what the beauty of Squarespace. It makes it so easy for creative people, people who want to get their message out there, their products out there, to create a website that is beautiful and something that they can be proud of. I love it, you guys. And you can get a free trial. Listen to this. No credit card required just by going to squarespace.com. And when you're blown away like everybody else is and you're ready to confirm that plan, use the offer code RU and you'll get 10% off. It's pretty awesome. You'll be getting a great deal in helping to keep What's the Tea free. So thanks again to our friends at Squarespace and keep sending your fabulous websites to RuPaulPodcast at gmail.com. That's squarespace.com. Offer code RU. We are back with <laughs> Natasha Leone. Oh my god. Now let's just talk about dating because you yeah. you are not afraid to date people. Me? You have no problem. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Dating hey, people. You wanna talk about getting too deep in a character? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I go so deep. And then you and your mother. And if I don't um I What I is would, that about? I mean What do you mean I'm not afraid to date no, people? No, you you've been connected to people throughout your whole life. You have you're not afraid to date. I guess I'm just the weirdo. Are you? I was I've been with someone for many years, but I was never the dating kind. Yeah. By dating, I, do you mean fucking? Yeah. Uh, or the, just dating? But like, just becoming intimate with someone in a way where you see them more than once. Okay, fair you enough. You know, where you, um, I, I, people scare me. I don't like going and getting naked with people I mm. don't know. Yeah. Well, then Korean spas are out of it. Out of the question. <laughs> out of the question. But um, apparently you you have no problem going and getting naked with people. Well, you know, in my own defense, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I always think it's going to be a one night stand. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And really, that's always my agenda. Uh-huh. And it's not my fault that these things uh, evolve. Keep, keep going. Do you Just know what leave I mean? a little cash on the nightstand. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing leads to another. <laughs> you know, suddenly they're buying me sofas. <laughs> when you buy me the sofa, oh, you're moving in. Uh, you know. it's, I mean, what is anything? You know, yeah, well, things... you know what I'm saying, though. I, I... Kind of. I don't really think of myself as like a real... Dater? Uh, dater, a real piece running around Well, you town. went out with uh, Edward Furlong. For how yeah. long did you date him? I saw uh, you at Sundance with him. I went out with Furlong. Yeah, I go for Armisen. I mean, I'm really, um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, in between. Who did I fuck? Let me see. Uh, <laughs> George Clooney. I got George Clooney. I got Antonio Banderas. I hit that. Idris Elba. I got there. I mean, I see your point. I see your point, all right? That's on me. I totally see what you're saying now. <laughs> I mean, I'm down with that. So. Uh, we can compare yeah. scorecards. Yeah. yeah. Differences, mine were usually unemployed with no Right, names. straight out of yeah. prison. Correct. Exactly. Oh, I was just naming the big guns. I was just giving you bold face. You want to talk about the unsung heroes? There we go. My God. Um, well, no, at yeah. the Emmys, I saw you with the guy from uh, Portlandia. Fred, yeah. Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen, yes. Yeah. And are you still dating him? Oh, yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, she says, oh, oh yeah. I had no idea. 
Yeah. Wow. We were there the year before, too. You're kidding. That's really turning into a grown-up relationship. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And what do you achieve? Against all odds. Uh, yeah, well, uh-huh. and what do you achieve? Especially with creative people, that's not an easy thing to do. How, what do you attribute a relationship where you can go to the Emmys twice in a row? <laughs> what is that about? How do you do that? Um... You know, I mean, he's a special one just because, I mean, he's a proper genius. Yes, he is. So beyond. I just, I don't think I've really had that experience in the house before. So I I just think it almost puts him in a category for me more like, you know, my my friends in a weird way. Like more the way I think of, because, you know, I come from really like a a no family. Yeah. And now that I'm part of them all, they're gone. And, uh, you know, the ones that were left. Uh, And. So for me, it's always been like, you know, like my Clea and like this Mm -hmm. and I have like a bunch of, you know, real because I've been doing this since I'm a kid. It's like friends in the arts. I was an outcast in high school Mm -hmm. and uh, I think expelled also. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he kind of I mean, I know I'd also known him in passing for 15 years, but I think he just sort of became like somebody that I I saw more as like one of my like creative friends that I just like love so much, yes. you know, because I have so much like respect for them and yeah. their whole trip. Like, you know, um, people that are uh, um, in, in like the arts and sort of, I think especially like those are really like self-made, you know, it's just a, there's a whole, um, you know, there's a whole person there. This is a, I, I found that that was very helpful for me in this Is one. it a mutual uh, admiration? He thinks I'm very stupid. <laughs> And he tells me every day, a lot of people say that's not healthy in a dynamic. And I say, I'm not going to listen. You know, I've already done. I've done work on myself. You don't know my life. Uh, No, I think we have a really nice. It's a nice thing. Yeah. Where did you how did you get set up? Um, uh, Was it through a friend? Was it on set? Oh, yeah, it was. It was. It was. Yeah. What am I going to tell you all these things? Uh, You know, uh, cut to the end of the story. There we were at the Emmys. Yeah, Uh, yeah. And uh, he was, uh, what was it? He went as, oh, Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Right. And I went as Bride Frankenstein. And that was so nice, wasn't uh-huh. it? <laughs> yeah. That very was romantic. Very that, was very nice. that was very nice. Yeah. The year before he was uh, Freddy Krueger. Uh-huh. And I had a shredded dress. Yes. Isn't that nice? It's nice very view. nice. No, it's very thoughtful. Um, you, but, you thought you know, it through. Yeah, he thought it through. What did I do? I was like, all right, you know, I'll get a cape. Um, You know, but you understand understand the idea of being vulnerable and how, and especially in this business, everybody expects you to be one way. How how would you, how could you surprise, what do I not know about you? What are you, you're like, are you like an introvert and you're pretending to be an extrovert? What's, what's the one thing people don't know about you? Um. Yeah, I mean, I do think maybe sometimes people do confuse that. I think I'm, like, very activated by activity. Like, I'm excited to see you guys. You know what I mean? So all of a sudden, I'm active. But left to my own devices, I'm very much, like, all I want to do is um, play the New York Times crossword puzzle, mm-hmm. like, in a vacuum, ideally chain smoking with, like, the dog in my lap, mm-hmm. like, in a room alone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, and really all I do is like, you know, watch m- movies and read books and like play music. You know, I don't play any music, but listen to me. Like I like very like basic activities. 
and I'm really like wired to be, I mean, in many ways, just a drug addict is what I'm yeah, describing. Well, yeah. But it sounds and, like my life. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. I think that that's really like my ideal resting state. And so I do think that often people are going to be like, let's meet up. And I'm like, for what? Right. Like, is this right. a business thing? Is this a sex thing? Yeah. What do you want from yeah, me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. if we're not going to have sex and when this isn't about work, what am I, what is this fucking social hour? Right. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> All I want to do is be alone, you know? Now, what do you, what do you, but order? once I'm activated, once I leave the house, sure. suddenly it's like everything is funny. Like there's like life is like, a, there's a bunch of jokes to be made constantly because things are so destroyed. That's, I'm that, very much that same Yeah, way. that as yeah. soon as I'm like, I'm always don't want to leave the house. Well, once I'm out of the house, I run into you on the street. Now I want to hang out and talk right. to you for 45 minutes. Right. About. Right. No, I run into yeah. you at uh, the Elephant Castle yeah. on, uh, Ale- on uh, Greenwich What Avenue. is that? It's that it's my favorite restaurant. Oh, in, in the city? Yeah. Yeah. It's my uh it's my go to place because I live over at Perry. Uh, yeah. I shouldn't say any yeah. other <laughs> Sorry, what's the address exit? <laughs> I'm so sorry. And you said that you were very happy living there, right? Well that's about to be over. So <laughs> But uh I love what do you order there at uh Elephant Castle? Oh, I don't I don't go there as much as you do. I always oh. get the elephant, thank you very much. Uh I'll be here when for the six Rome. hours. <laughs> six hours, all the microphones have left. And I'm like, I just want to be alone. <laughs> Still talking, it's nothing. Um, now, how much time do you spend out here in Hollywood? How much time do you spend in, in New York? But I mean, I, oh, I I have my apartment, which is uh, on Avenue C, between, um, <laughs> and it's not too far from Perry Street. Uh, and uh, so I, I have only an apartment. I've only Are you in the city, had, really? Yeah, I've only ever had a lease in Manhattan. Um, uh-huh. I, I personally feel that Alphabet City is overkill for my personality and would like to move further uptown. Yeah. Thank uh-huh. you. Uh, and So you you are in Alphabet City. Yeah. And you know, the, when I first moved yeah. to New York, uh, they, they had only uh, colonized uh, as far as Avenue A. You yeah. couldn't go past no, Avenue A. You yeah. could not. Because yeah. I, I lived on Houston too. right by... I lived on Mulberry and Houston. So yeah. it's just oh, one that, oh. block, two blocks away. Do you, yeah. live, do you live in New York? Not anymore. I grew up there, though. You live here? Yeah. Um, I do. What's the thing? Uh, what's the thing? I don't know about you guys. Uh, well, well, no, I think you, you you just described me. I am more to myself than people would you imagine. Are. You are, and I will I will scurry and try to avoid people. And you know, I, years ago, I think I've told you this. Um, I found my chart online. So they know what day when I was born, where I was born, and all that kind you of stuff. You mean your star uh-huh. chart? <clears throat> my star chart. Oh, God, that's handy. It's very handy. I just yeah. happened upon it, and someone yeah. had done it. So I read it about Fans every best, six months. The best, the best. I read so it cool. every six months, yeah. and it always the the, the, the headline is Rue. You can have whatever you want if you just leave the house. Get out of the house. Yeah. You can do whatever. The, the the hard part is getting me out of the house. That's why I work so much because I it gets me out of the house. Yeah. Because I would rather be there, reading, watching a movie, doing something to, with myself. Rather yeah. than and George, when George is around, uh, you know, I put all my attention on him. I it, and <laughs> you know because and he deserves it. Yeah, but uh, I spend all my attention. It also on takes him. it off of you. Yeah, and the, and it also helps that most of the time he lives in another state. Yeah, yeah. And you where know, does he live? He lives in Wyoming. He has yeah. a ranch in Wyoming, and it's where uh, he makes dressing. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's a bad joke. Ranch? Yeah. Ranch, and I, I went, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, everything is the same, and yet ranch dressing is the thing that took me out. So it's a little yeah. insight we also did yeah. not know oh. what we discovered. A little town called Hidden Valley. <laughs> 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 so, uh, Michelle, what do people not know about you? 
Well, they know that you are not a biological woman. <laughs> they know that. Um, what do people not know about me? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I think there's a, a part of me that would like to be a recluse mm-hmm. and and stay at home because I am a mom. I like to. I'm never done cleaning. Yeah. I'm never done getting rid of shit. I'm never done picking up. Um, I the thing with me that you've kind of <laughs> not agreed with the way I live my life over the years. I've known Ruth since I was 18, more or less, uh-huh. 18 years old. We met in the nightclubs in New York City. Um, is I've always lived my life completely openly. Mm-hmm. I don't have any skeletons. I don't have any. Um, things that I don't, I could divulge pretty much everything. I bet your husband could tell us things about you. Uh, maybe. <clears throat> maybe he could because he knows me on a different level. Yeah. Um, Just like George can tell us, tell me things that I probably don't know about you. And David could tell you things maybe that you don't know about me, but not much because you know everything about me right. that there yeah, is you, to know. You, you, you are that girl though. You you come with an with open arms. I do. And you're very vocal about and that. And about everything because yeah. I, I've always, when I started in this, when I was a little theater kid going, I'm going to be the next Annie, you know, and I, uh-huh. I wanted to be that th- th- musical theater star. For me, I was like, I always thought when I'd sign my autographs, I always thought if I was always honest and never lied, nobody could ever hold anything against me. Right. Uh-huh. I don't have any skeletons that will fall out of any fucking closet because yeah. if anybody tried to bring anything up, it'd be like, yeah, you're right. And yeah. Yeah. next. Right. That's yeah. why I always talk about being a former whore. I don't have a problem with talking about anything. But yeah, not I for identify money. with that. Not for money. You, you was yeah. a, you yeah. was a hoe. You I, wasn't no money. A whore. Yeah. I, correct. Yeah. I was, I was a whore, not a hooker. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you was not a whore. You was a hoe. But a whore to me, a whore is a whore. A hooker gets paid. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. A whore, a hoe, same yeah. thing. But I don't have a problem. That's who I was. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, don't I have love anything. that. I think that's a very smart approach. And I feel like, Thanks. you know, because it's also at the end of the day, it's like everybody's got their own bag of rocks. Right. I did not invent that. Uh-huh. There's a, uh, apparently Elaine Stritch's husband used to say that uh-huh. to her. Uh-huh. He used to say to her, like, Elaine, everybody's <clears throat> got their own bag of rocks. Yeah. And it's very true. Yeah. Like, once, you know, you're kind of like an open person a bit, you discover all of a sudden everybody's got some fucking shenanigans. Sure. And, you know, really it's about like the death of shame in a way. It's yeah. kind of like, yeah. you know, like the world is like its last gasp of like, we will fucking shame you. Great. And everybody's like, now? Yeah. You know, I thought it was about to be over or I, something. And but still, I can't be you, shamed. You know, people, but there are things that people can do that can, can, can uh, you know, retard your ability to make money. You know, if you, if you make, yeah. if, if, you're a if you're what you sell is your trustworthiness people can you know put a damper on that true but i can't be shamed no you can't be shamed (laughs) now natasha uh i want to ask you as an actress um this is we're going to wrap it up with this what would be the 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 role of a lifetime for you know as as we're talking i'm thinking you could probably do a good sandy dennis movie who was a great actress and so she just so open. You could feel her when she when she yeah. did her thing. What what role do you think? Oh, that's the one I've got to do. You know, I mean, uh, I'm a little bit starting to do them. Like I think a lot of it was always about. Um, like I always wanted to be like a Philip Marlowe person, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, specific to Elliot Gould in The Long Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously it's sort of the same <clears throat> character as uh, Jack Nicholson in Chinatown. So I think anyway, yeah. in general, I always really identified, you know, there were like obvious things along the way, like Janis Joplin, but mm-hmm. I guess that's not happening. You know what I mean? Like there are <laughs> things like that that always really, 
I thought would make so much sense as a kid. And mm-hmm. now that I'm, um, I think you'd be a great Janice Joplin. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> told people, um, <laughs> and it's uh, on that. And uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, you so know, I, I think, but I think that really the roles that I identified with that, like now that I have some ability to try to like make roles for myself, right. uh, they're just they're all like male roles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're really. Um, uh, that's what I want. That's what yeah. I always identified. I always identified with like, you know, where's my fucking taxi driver? And I sure. meant De Niro. I certainly didn't yeah. mean, you know, I want right. to be uh, Sybil Shepherd's part. Your energy is yeah. what you project on, on screen is that you're smart and that you, you, you're you not a naive character. So the idea of a private eye would be really good because you're, you're smart and you are smart. Uh, I could see you as like you are the female Columbo. Yeah. That's who you are. That's what I'd like to I, something like that. I think I'd like totally. To oh, and root beer is your thing. Yeah, root you know? beer you're, is your medium. Yeah, that is your familiar. Yeah, I mean because there were other things like the um, the you know Ratso Rizzo was right, one, but then right. I kind of did it. I recently in some weird movie I made that I love called Anti Birth. Uh-huh. That and that was very like my Ratso Rizzo. Like I was constantly yeah. studying that. And also Denzel Washington at the end of training day for other reasons, but I really was. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I, I think I like those parts. Like, I like those, like, 70s men. I kind of want yeah. my shot at them. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm thinking yeah. it would be, you would be the great granddaughter or the granddaughter, you would call Annie, Annie Colombo. Okay, go on. Annie Colombo. Uh-huh. And it's an, it's a. Kara, this is important. No, uh-huh. It's really, uh-huh. it, it actually could work. Yeah. You have some of those mannerisms mm-hmm. and it's actually kind of perfect. Uh-huh. Mm. Annie Colombo. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I actually or Beretta. A, yeah. I did uh-huh. a, a college a, a film called um, uh, American Porn Star where I played, um, uh, anal Annie. Oh, if they're different, yes. not typecasting. Not typecasting. Uh-huh. Different, different roles. Why not call her Anal Annie Colombo? <laughs> <laughs> then we have a hit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You got it. <laughs> Winner. <laughs> we lost room. <laughs> that's your funny moment. Let's get quick. Get me NBC yeah, on that. Get your agent. It's the only network. That's We're only going to network with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to go to the CW. Yeah. Just saying. Well, Natasha Leone, yeah. if you want it, you can get it. You can get You've had a you've an amazing career, and it's only going to get bigger and better. Oh, thanks, Anything you want, you got it, kiddo. Thank you've you. Paid, you've done the hard yards already. Yeah. You've done the hard yards already. You are here to stay. People oh, love make you. Me cry. No, it's the absolute truth. Absolute I truth. Love you. Thank you for coming in on our show and bringing root beer. Yeah. Seriously, root beer was the star. Let's the not. Star let's of not this lie. episode. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Of course, you're amazing. You guys. Yeah. Well, we have a good time. We do. Here. We do. A good time. All right. So, Michelle. Until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Can I get an amen? If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Amen.